I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Welcome from Tbilisi, Bratislava and Magdeburg. My name is Mark. And I'm David and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. A podcast for journalists, by journalists and about journalism and anything media and digital media related. So how are you doing, Mark? I'm actually pretty fine, still suffering a bit from hay fever and allergy, but uh, the sun is coming back. It was a rainy weekend. As you know, I was in uh, Dusseldorf for the Tour de France start and had a really great weekend. Um, was not so much reading about digital journalism over the weekend, to be honest, but I'm sure you did, didn't you? Yes, I did. And uh, I was also preparing for today's guest, who's from Eastern Europe. She's from Georgia, as they say, the country, not the state. Uh, so with this, I would like to welcome uh, Nino Macharashvili from Georgia. Hello, Nino. Hello, David. Hello, Mark. Hello. So so that, do, do you say, I mean, I, I we have this common friend, Mirian. Uh, we, uh, me and Mirian, we were uh, together with a bunch of other people from Europe on an exchange in um, in the in the United States. And when Mirian came to introduce himself, he always said this uh, one sentence: "I'm from Georgia, the country, not the state." That does it something you say to everyone? Um, to be honest, this phrase comes uh, from um, like older times when not many people had heard about Georgia, uh, when we were still like very unknown country. And when we would say the name Georgia, everyone would think that we were from the United States and they were like, oh, my God, you do not sound like an American. <laughs> and like so the phrase of like the country, you not know, the uh, state uh, became uh, like very popular during the time. But I think nowadays it's not that relevant because Georgia is becoming more and more known and famous country with the help of, I don't know, like our food and wine and tourism. And uh, it's kind of like even maybe some kind of like irritating thing for people when you make it clear that it's not the state but the country but well we from time to time we still say that nice georgia georgia is um i would say has become really famous in the past year the past few years uh yeah. due to its i would say cuisine right uh, and like more people started traveling to georgia and then the word of mouth, you know, like people talking to their friends about this amazing country that they had not even heard about before. So it's kind of like becoming uh, not only because of cuisine, but also because of nature and because of the mystery, you know, like when you um, have very low expectations, when you go to an unknown country and you uh, you get like a much bigger thing than you expected, then it's like a big, um, big discovery that you want to talk to everyone about so i think that's why georgia has become a uh, big thing in the last three or four years like it, it, it hasn't been uh, around for long okay so so b- before we continue i would, I would <laughs> like uh, for the listeners like could you say uh, a few sentences a few words about uh, who you are where you uh, came to be like professionally and uh, what are you doing and planning at the moment uh, okay, like a few sentences. Well, um, 
I studied journalism uh, at university uh, because I always wanted to be that person standing in front of the camera, holding a microphone, talking about the uh, current affairs and news. But we live in a very uh, fastly changing environment and my interest got changed during like my studies. And after graduating uh, bachelor studies in Tbilisi, uh, I continued my studies in the United Kingdom. I, my uh, master degree was in creative and media enterprises. It took me around one year to figure out what it really meant. <laughs> and in the end, I uh, came to the conclusion that it was uh, more about um, kind of uh, connecting media and creative stuff to each other and making something new from it, like not following the traditional path. So it was very, very interesting uh, um, like period in my uh, life when my mindset kind of like got changed. So uh, I did not feel like I was a very typical and traditional journalist, though I still had a uh, passion for storytelling and journalism and uh, news coverage. When I came back from England, back to Georgia, uh, uh, I, I found this job advertisement a perfect match uh, for uh, a journalist and a project manager for the project and the name of the project was Visualizing the News in Georgia, which meant that we were starting doing infographics and interactive uh, visualizations about current affairs in the country. And it was the first organization, first project like this. And it was very challenging and very exciting and very interesting. So I got into uh, visual storytelling through this project and I've been doing data journalism since then uh, for around like five years now. Um, that organization was Jumpstart Georgia. Uh, it was the first organization in Georgia that started doing uh, data journalism and data visualization. And uh, exactly one month ago, I left Jumpstart with the rest of the team and we started our own uh, organization. It's called Forset. Uh, Forset is uh, trying to make visual communications uh, more effective using design and technology uh, and uh, helps other organizations do the same. So that's very briefly <laughs> about my professional path. Nice, thank you. <laughs> this, this was it was a brief, I know. <laughs> this was very brief. Uh, a, a brief. Uh, let me just get back to one one point. Point you mentioned. Uh, so you studied abroad. So did did this experience change you a lot? Uh, yes, as I said. Um, it, um, you know, like when you uh, study in Eastern European country, and especially if you study journalism, uh, it's not very, uh, you, you don't have like really, you do not have the chance to uh, be very innovative and open-minded about your profession. But my experience uh, of studying this particular program in England really changed my mindset and my approach and attitudes uh, towards my profession. And it made me realize that uh, it's not something that is written in books that you have to do like this. You can innovate and you can change things and you can, you have to actually like, not only you can, but you have to because things are changing so fast nowadays. Uh, so it definitely, definitely uh, changed my mindset. and. That's why um, I was more prepared to work in a different environment, to work very closely with journalists, uh, not all, uh, work with uh, designers and developers uh, for uh, some news uh, visualize, visualizations and things like that. Any reason why you didn't stay in the UK or didn't go <laughs> abroad? <laughs> uh, 
because Georgia has better weather. Uh. <laughs> everything everything goes back to the climate. Uh, well, uh, there are like many many reasons. I, I've never, I have never wanted to leave Georgia. Like I have never thought that I would live or work somewhere else. I think that's the main reason. Then comes all this like rain and uh, friends and things like that. I see. And uh, okay, so 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 you came back. Uh, you started working doing data journalism, uh-huh. um, uh, storytelling. But uh, so so you said you were working for Jumpstart Georgia, which is an NGO. Uh, not so not really a, a news organization uh, um, right? yes it, uh, it's it's ngo slash media organization kind of thing. kind of like hybrid thing uh, okay but not a not a not a typical not a typical uh media it's not definitely a news thing a news thing uh more kind of like experimenting uh organization and helping some other journalists. We have been training journalists in Georgia and uh, outside Georgia as well in data journalism for four years now. But do you also work together like with newspapers, publishers, media outlets or whatever? Yes, uh, we have been, uh, we have had uh, some projects during these four or five years with local online media, TV uh, stations, where we sit next to each other and work on particular topics, uh, especially the comp- uh, complex uh, topics where they need our expertise and our help to visually tell that story. Uh, but like with this new organization, for set, we want to uh, make these partnerships and collaborations with local media uh, much stronger because what we have uh, seen uh, during these uh, few years in Georgia is that Jumpstart still was the only organization doing a visual storytelling and that's not exactly what we want. We want the uh, level of data journalism to increase in the country. So now we see our role in uh, working more closely uh, with other media organizations uh, to like raise their capacity and their skill set and actually uh, through these activities make it much better uh, the like general level of data journals in the country and not only in Georgia but in the region as well like for example in um, uh, actually like from July the 1st we started a new project funded by uh, National Endowment um, uh, for Democracy uh, and it, it will bring six fellows from uh, Eastern Europe and Central Asia to Georgia uh, to go through data journalism fellowship at Forsyth. They will, we will train them, uh, they will work on their own projects, we will mentor them uh, and this is the activity that uh, um, hopefully will um, trans- we'll make sure that our expertise in data journalism and data analysis and visualization will be transferred to the people and they will take it back to their countries and general level of this field will be increased in the region. What Was this one of your one of your ideas for coming back to change the media landscape of Georgia? Um, I, like when you come back from your studies, like you just think of getting a job, to be honest, like you do not have high ambitions. And by the time, like, to be honest, it was the first time when I saw that advertisement uh, where I, saw, I, I learned, uh, I, I saw this like data journalism as a term for the first time, because uh, when I was studying journalism at university in Tbilisi, uh, it was not a thing, like no one has 
told me that there was such thing as data journalism, like doing journalism using numbers. Uh, but uh, I, I thought, like, why not? This is like so interesting because I've always been also uh, very interested in like math and numbers and facts. So I thought it would be a very nice combination. Uh, and like after some years, when you see that it's very important, you see the value in this uh, field, then you want to <laughs> somehow make this field become much better because uh, I also want to challenge myself as a data journalist, but if the level, general level in the country will not increase, then it's it's not easy just like uh, challenge yourself because you need some other people to look up to or you need like general uh, situation in the country to be up to the standard that you are looking at. Uh, so it just like came through the practice. I don't know, David, how it's with you because when I think about um, being a digital journalist, I think there are always better places to stay and to work. Um, that's like Magdeburg. I don't know how about Bratislava, but I think if you want to change the world, let's say that the, the place to be is like London or New York or <laughs> maybe Berlin. I don't know how, how you two guys uh, feel a mission to to change the scene or to contribute to whatever discourse there is out there. I, for myself, think a bit of it like like this. Um, you know, Magdeburg is very, it's not a big town, also it is kind of a big town in Germany, but it has like 240,000 inhabitants and the region is very, um, very like landscapey, not very many big cities. So we often cover like regional reports and we try to do it in a very digital way but it's not like contributing to a to media change oh, it's an interesting question david what do you think <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was nice no um I, i'm actually this this is one thing i've been thinking about a lot in the past uh, few months and years uh like the more i meet people who are like uh, interesting doing great stuff uh, like abroad and they're like uh, I'm, I'm i'm finding out that uh, you can do this actually even from a a, a small smaller city or like um, like look at nino she she's like part of like uh, this 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 digital communication network uh, group and they're organizing conferences she's networking all over europe and the united states so um i think it can be done but maybe and nino you can you can correct me on this but i i would say that uh like us people from like uh, 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 middle and eastern europe uh, like from smaller countries smaller cities um you need to like do a little bit like more effort than than maybe the people who are living in these big cities uh, there are a lot of uh, you know um uh places you can go be meet people just like that uh, and uh, we are sometimes uh, you know we have to do it uh, via internet which is great that we can do it via internet but still it's the, not not that like you can attend like a great big conference in london anytime i mean you can go there but like not really anytime uh, what, do, what do you think Nina? i think like like my attitude is totally different and opposite because I think uh, 
you can do much more in a small country and in uh, the region like uh, region like ours more than you can do in London, for example, because there are already so many things happening in London. Like, what new thing can you start? It's much, much harder to uh, do something different and something great in the countries and cities like that rather than in Georgia or in Eastern Europe because, uh, like, we have so many opportunities in our cities and our countries. Uh, like, for example... Um, now we are organizing a data festival in Tbilisi in November. And one of the reasons was that uh, all the data-related, big data-related events happen in uh, either Western Europe or in uh, Northern Europe. And we thought, like, uh, why should not we give the opportunity for people to people from our region to come to one place and talk about data, share inspiration, share knowledge and skills. And we have this opportunity to do it here because it hasn't been done before. And it's wonderful. But if I try to do something similar in London, it will be like fifth conference about data uh, in uh, England. And it's like, it just like doesn't make sense. So it's just like what you, how you look at things. Uh, for me, and I like, if you go back to the, one of the first questions you asked me, like why I came back to Georgia, uh, it was one of the reasons because I saw I could do more here. Uh, than I could uh, do in England, for example. If I stayed there, what could I really do? Like, I would just be um, uh, an, an ordinary employee of an ordinary organization, probably. Uh, but here I have more opportunities uh, because there are less things done already and there are more things to be done. And they're like, uh, I think it's, it's wonderful to be coming from these type of uh, countries. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I liked it. Sorry. I liked it. I liked that attitude. I have to say, I mean, <laughs> I, and I have to add. I think because we are so much connected in social networks and so on, and we talk about like the high pitches, like the the top of digital journalism a lot, and we read a lot about it and so on. But still, um, on a regional or yeah, even national um, basis, I think we are not that 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 far you know um the like the experts like the real experts they do stuff and we we see the very 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 good projects but when you come back to your companies and see the companies um to your left and to your right like newspapers or other media organizations i, I just see basic problems um, with which they have to deal because yeah they're just I don't know. They don't. They don't have people like like you and me and David. I think so. It it comes to basic problems, and we have the chance to deal with them, like in a proper way. That's how I see it a bit. <laughs> um, we we already mentioned. Um, okay, so um, <laughs> uh, Georgia, that you will be uh, doing a, a data a data journalism festival there. No, not not journalists, oh. just like data festival. Oh, data <laughs> so it festival. will be like it will be about um, all data related topics like data marketing, data startups, data security, data journalism, visualization, and everything about data. Because we want to bring people from different sectors and different backgrounds in one place and foster co cooperation between them between them like this. Because when journalists talk with business people and CSO activists and government uh, officials, and like something better happens then uh, if we just like bring some bunch of journalists uh, in the same place <laughs> like uh, it's just like different type of um, conference or i i would call it a festival but a is conference it, 
Mm-hmm. Is it like a, like a hackathon or? Uh, um, or so it will be a, it will camp? be a, uh, it will be a three day long event, and each day will be different. The first day will be uh, inspirational talks, like TEDx type talks, or the one like David you, you did in Warsaw, for example, like where you speak for uh, 15, 20 minutes, uh, and your main main aim is to uh, transfer some new idea, new concept, or inspiration to the listeners. The second day will be uh, workshops. Uh, so people who are interested in specific directions or topics, they can attend their, uh, like various workshops and get more hands-on experience. And the third day will be more like a mini hackathon thing. Uh, participants will be given some practical challenge and they will work on uh, practical projects to put uh, all the knowledge and new concepts they learned in the previous days into practice and see the real results uh, and get more inspired about the possibilities of data and new technologies. Wow, this sounds even better. Okay, so da- data, <laughs> da- data, data festival. I, I, okay, I get it. And uh, so we were we were talking also about uh, the media and like the journalism in in in, in Georgia in and also I guess the center of it is in, in the Tbilisi, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so what like <laughs> could you like really really. <laughs> I don't know if, if if this is even possible like shortly describe like what's the situation like, like media wise in, in Georgia I know it's a hard question but like just like how how you look at it because uh, okay just let me give an, a quick example so in, in Slovakia like okay so uh, people have internet people like the 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 print is like dying it's still definitely not dead actually the the uh, the sl- like uh, the, the dying of the print newspaper is slowing down so um but but still more and more people are like connected people like visit the the, the websites uh more via mobile uh, devices than computer devices and we have like many independent newspapers and um actually the the online subscriptions are are growing a lot in Slovakia so people are getting used to paying for for information for uh premium content ah uh, you know it's not it's not the case in Georgia <laughs> people are not paying for uh media content yet and there has not even been any attempts of monetizing uh uh, like news content in in Georgia yet, uh, but the politicians are trying to use uh, media as always. It has been around, uh, and we have the biggest challenge that Georgia media is facing right now is the media ownership and media uh, independence. Uh, that is the biggest uh, problem, uh, and the TV is still uh, number one information source. For the Georgian population, uh, online media is not that strong. Uh, even though most of the breaking news still come uh, out from Facebook, and you learn uh, about those, but then you refer to the TV uh, TV uh, stations to uh, get more information about the uh, events. So it's still traditional TV uh, broadcasting that is strong in the country, and most of the TV stations have this ownership. Um, question marks, who owns them, 
is the editorial uh, independence the case in those um, TV stations? And that is the biggest challenge because for many years since our independence, uh, media has been used for political changes in the country. Like, you like by various businessmen, various political parties, and it's still the case, unfortunately. I see. So Facebook is number when when it comes to social media, Facebook is number one. And uh, what's what's number two? Is it like YouTube or uh, Twitter or uh, something else? Twitter is not the case at all <laughs> in Georgia. It has never been. Uh, there are like very limited number of uh, Georgian users at Twitter, and mostly they. Uh, use Twitter for like getting information about international affairs and stuff. Georgian news are not being treated at all. Uh, YouTube, yeah, like uh, of course uh, people use YouTube, but I wouldn't say that they use YouTube for uh, news-related stuff. Uh, Instagram is getting popular little by little, but I do not, uh, I, I do not have like any uh, strong cases in mind when Instagram has been used. Um, as an effective uh, reporting uh, social media in the country. Um, I would say Facebook is the king or queen of social media in the country, and it has been like that. Uh, when, for example, like um, you know, sometimes uh, some uh, advocacy organizations uh, come to um, Forset to help them do some visual communication campaigns uh, to advocate for some issues in the country, and they say, we want to create uh or like we want to change attitude towards this issue on facebook so like facebook is the uh thing where you can create the like public opinion uh and then like take it to the tv and talk about it uh like who uh, posted something on facebook like just discuss it very seriously like just like as it is in uh western countries it's mostly twitter uh and in, in georgia it's it's facebook definitely but are there any influencers besides journalists and media, like media persons, uh, like YouTubers or famous personalities who influence the public opinion? Um, we have been looking for some influencers. Like I, I get these like questions, like can you recommend us some influencers from Georgia, online influencers? And I always find it so hard to uh, put even three or five names on a paper. Uh, so I would say no, not really. Like there are not any that like real influencers on, on social media. It's like very, very... <laughs> complicated situation like the, everyone is on facebook everyone is uh, posting about their attitudes and stuff but i cannot really call uh, any of them the real influencers you mentioned uh, we, we talked about uh, the the conferences so you will be doing uh, the data festival you mentioned the um, uh, rocket uh, festival or rocket conference mm -hmm. sorry that uh, you your organ helped organize in Warsaw. So um, how how many conferences by now have you organized? Do you know? Like you mean personally me or digital communication network? No, I'm, I mean <laughs> I mean you you like a person. Okay. Um, so I think it was only uh, I organized data visualization hackathon in uh, Tbilisi in January this year. It was my first. Uh, like real event. <laughs> uh, then it was just like after two or three weeks, it was Rocket Warsaw uh, in Warsaw. Uh, and now it's Data Fest. So I do not like really have big, like long list of uh, events organized in my portfolio. 
but definitely it's like an obsession you know uh once you uh, organize one thing you just like want to continue and like do more and more and like experiment with different formats and different topics and uh it's like very exciting thing and so what do you what do you look at when you're like starting organizing a, a, a conference Because like uh, journalists and like me- media people and I, I take it like uh, most of these conferences uh, there will be like a p- uh, uh, attendees who are like I would say <laughs> who who have attended a lot of conferences before who have like you know high expectations so, so like, like the, I would say like the pressure is high then and so how how do you cope with this? all all the events i've organized like two of them <laughs> uh they uh, what was like different about them was that they were uh, uh introducing different approach uh more novel more um uh like how to say when the content and fun uh are getting married together so you are not only uh concentrated on the topic but also the form in what form you uh, give this content to your attendees because uh, i attended uh, a few conferences where the content is great i like the presenter i like the what what this person is uh saying but because of the format of the or like um the environment that is created during that conference it just it it makes it unbearable <laughs> to digest this content uh when you just cannot help but sleep uh at the conference and these type of things so what we try to do differently is to bring uh more joy and more energy to the conferences so we enable people to um digest all the content but not only the content but also the networking opportunity of uh, this type of events because it's not only the um topics or speakers but it's also the attendees who sits next to you or with whom you speak during the uh, lunch breaks or lunches and uh, and etc so it's very much um uh, about the uh how you structure the events to uh, help the attendees take uh maximum out of that and this max- and the content is only very tiny part of the things they can uh, take from the conference so just go back again to the uh digital communication network which you are um I'm, I'm, if i got the, the right information still the sitting president of right <laughs> uh yes kind of okay so so that that sounds like uh like a world title like you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah i i don't like that uh name but i don't like also the chairwoman of the board so i don't know if like i come up with an alternative maybe i will change the title one day <laughs> but not yet Okay, so I was trying to explain Mark what the digital communication network is about, all about, mm-hmm. but but uh, like to anyone who is listening and never heard of this, because I think is 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 there if if you could explain it and then like say if the focus uh, focus on of the of the network is like in Middle and Eastern Europe or is it like the whole Europe or maybe worldwide? Um. So did you tell the story of how uh, the network was created to Mark? I'm not sure. I'm no I know the story actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so um 
you know that like like you, you were in the United States as an exchange program participant, right? So just like that, uh, me and other 23 people from uh, Eastern Europe and Central Asia went to the United States almost two years ago uh, in uh, September 2015. Uh, we had a, a very exciting one month uh, exchange in the States. We attended a wonderful ONA conference in Los Angeles. We had fellowships in various American institutions and it was all great. Uh, but what was uh, greatest about the fellowship was that we had the chance to talk and exchange ideas and experiences with our fellow program participants who were coming from the same region uh, where we all came from. Uh, because we discovered that the challenges we face uh, during our everyday work is so much similar uh, and so different from what M USA was facing the, that time in 2015. Uh, and we got so inspired by our uh, fellow participants' stories that we decided not to stop uh, our it's like ideas and experience sharing uh, at the end of the program, but actually like continue and in like create an institution around uh, this idea after coming back to our own countries. Uh, so when we came back, we decided to start an organization, Digital Communication Network, which is registered in Estonia. Uh, and the main idea of the network is to connect digital communication professionals coming from various backgrounds and sectors, journalism, um, civil society organizations, startups, business, um, government um, uh, institutions, to connect these people and uh, foster inter, uh, like um, uh, cross-country and cross-sector collaborations, uh, help new products being developed uh, under this network. And what's like most, most important is to create the uh, uh, very uh, supportive environment where these people can come together and network and share ideas and start something big. Uh, so we uh, registered this organization almost one year ago. Uh, and since then we have been um, conducting uh, various projects such as we organized the Rocket uh, Summit in Warsaw. Right now we are doing regional fellowships, uh, which the main idea is to uh, like uh, find people who are interested to get uh, various skill set and send them to host organizations in our own uh, region. Uh, for example, like we send one person from Georgia to Moldova, uh, uh, a person from Moldova to Ukraine, for example, and we want to create this network of uh, professionals in the region uh, itself. Uh, so, because we believe that together, uh, as the region, we have more power and we have more talent uh, to uh, foster innovation and uh, actually like really create something new and big in the digital communications field so like we can compete with London and New York um, and uh, as for the focus of the country of the network right now it is Eastern Europe and Central Asia uh, but definitely we are not limiting our uh, network to this region and uh, little by little we are getting uh, more towards Central Europe than Western Europe and uh, of course uh, we want to go to um, to other continents as well we have people from uh, USA in the network so as well. what what would be your main pitch to Mark why sh who should he like uh, journalists from uh, Germany be part of the network? Oh, he'll have access to uh, like enormous network of digital communication professionals from 
this region and from different sectors and backgrounds. So I think that this is the biggest value uh, that uh, the network brings to each individual who will become part of the network. Mark, wow. how, how yeah. does that sound to you? Sounded very, very good. Yeah, we will provide the link uh, in the description of the podcast, so like anyone listening yes. can click. Yes, we have to. I mean, it's uh, basically uh, the thing what Lena wanted to build a bit with the digital journalism rocks community, and it's been a real good way to keep up with everyone doing the same or almost the same as we do. So I really like to broaden my horizon there. Cool. One more member to the network. <laughs> yes, I, uh, do, 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 you ha do you have the recent numbers actually? Uh, it's around 3,500. Okay, so uh, and uh, what are what are what are the next steps for the digital communication network? Because in uh, like as as you you know uh, described it, it it sounds like great, um, but like one of the things we see. Uh, because we, me and Mark, we met um, uh, on this Slack channel, uh, Slack group, uh, which is called Digital Journalism Rocks. Maybe you've mm -hmm. heard of it. And um, so, I, I see like um, that again. The, the, the as Mark mentioned, there were some uh, issues uh, that the Slack channel wanted to tackle, as well as the DCN. And uh, so, uh, what should be we expect from the DCN in the future? Apart from those things you say, like uh, the the regional fellowships, uh, I guess you will be organizing uh, another conference. Um, but uh, is is there gonna be like a, a, a forum or like uh, are you starting a Slack for everyone or or or, or a job market or like? A, uh, something for freelancers um, actually right now what we are uh, doing is uh, we are building a database where all our network members will um, sign up so it will be kind of uh, like um, like very mini model of social network for just a digital communication network members where they can uh, see and fi easily find people uh, from the uh, fields that they are interested in and this uh, database will also have the ability to uh, it will be like built into the website and the website will become more um, uh, like um, flexible in order to uh, have these uh, discussions blog post channels and help network members to actually proactively uh, start sharing their expertise and skill set to the rest of the uh, members. And uh, it will, we, we, like, we do not want to define what will be the issues that the network will be working on because it should be coming from the network members. Uh, it's not uh, network for the organization is network for its members. So uh, I think when we create this tool uh, for better coordination of the members within each other, then they will start and like we will uh, provide this support system for them to for them to identify the main challenges they face at their uh, workplaces. It can be fake news or it can be um, engaging audiences or reaching more people or making uh, their communications more effective. Uh, and they will work on these issues together. And I believe that um, collective work on specific issues will be more effective than uh, just like individual work in a single country, in a single organization. Uh, so we will see um, in a few 
few months how it will go, but I have big hopes and I'm really look, looking forward to, uh, to the day when the, we will get very uh, successful case studies from the network members, how they use these networking uh, opportunities to create something really cool and solve the real uh, challenges of their uh, professional life. Sounds great. I'm actually looking forward to that. And you are the one, you are, you are one of the uh, members that can actually do this thing. <laughs> so yeah, you, you no. can think what will be the best me, next great thing that you will do <laughs> using digital communication network. Okay. I just, yeah, yeah, I, just, I just remembered uh, like Vlad in the US, uh, one, one of the like people behind the DCN uh, saying and like repeating uh, that uh, this will be a platform and as you said like anyone is uh, welcome to come welcome to to join it and uh, like use it um, in a way they seem the best and uh, that's that's something i really like that's the the the, <laughs> the network is not pushing you to do anything but it's there when you need it yeah, it's supporting. Oh, there's so much to process in my head, to be honest. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was uh, very much input, especially about the um, the DCN. I think any other input would would just not be good <laughs> from me. <laughs> so, David, if, if you want to ask any question, just shoot. But otherwise, I would be happy to say thank you and yeah. Okay, I mean, I have I have a hundred questions, but I would, yes. uh, I would um, <laughs> <That's what> I... <laughs> come come back to, to Nino or maybe um, uh, your co-founder of Forset sometime in the future mm-hmm. and like check back how the data festival went and uh, how things are, you know, forwarding in uh, Georgia. Well, I hope that actually you will come and attend the festival yourself and you will have your own opinions <laughs> on, on that that thing okay thank you for it's, it, it's in november yeah <laughs> we're checking checking it like uh putting it in our ca- uh, calendar <laughs> um do you do already have a i guess a website or something no, no not yet because we're we are finalizing some of the like very important partnerships uh in the upcoming days and after that we will start uh, we will go public so this is like very uh inside information right now that i uh, i have told you Oh, we're exclusive. Wow. Okay. So we, <laughs> Actually, we... you are. Yeah. <laughs> wow, great. Okay, so we will treat it like that, and we will provide the the, the links when once you have the website or mm-hmm. the Facebook event. I guess there will be, and all all the other information. So we are our social networks, which we encourage our listeners to uh, follow us. Which we are quite active on Twitter and, and um, less so on Facebook, but we still <laughs> post things and you can reach out uh, to us there uh, also we would very much like if you subscribe to this podcast um, definitely yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe the correct answer would be that I have already done that but <laughs> it would not be true so <laughs> I will do it now once Mark joins the network <laughs> okay okay that's it <laughs> okay so as, as you heard this is the way we are uh, gaining new subscribers <laughs> Uh, no, uh, so yeah, thank you for listening to us and uh, be sure to subscribe to our future episodes. Um, okay, and uh, so thank you, Nino, for coming to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, David. Thank and you very much. One last thing, Mark. Yes, please, dear listeners, always check your facts. <laughs> always. Okay, bye bye, guys. 
Bye. Thank you.